Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Chris Cast. I am your host, Chris. Sorry for the delay. It has been a busy week. But this week, I will be reviewing DC Universe's Stargirl, which is also available the next day on the CW broadcast and the day after that on the CW Seed for free. Also, I will be reviewing The Pacific on HBO. Currently on HBO Now, coming Wednesday, May 27th, HBO Max. And I will be reviewing Killer Clowns from Outer Space, currently available on Netflix. Stay with me, everybody. First up, let's get to some news. This from the DailyBeast.com. Denzel Washington helps homeless man in face of oncoming traffic. Denzel Washington did a good deed Thursday afternoon. The actor was driving in West Hollywood when he spotted a homeless man standing in the street in the face of oncoming traffic. TMZ reports. Washington got out of his car and stepped in. Washington wore a mask as he came in, came to the man's aid, standing several feet away from him through most of their encounter. At one point in video footage TMZ obtained of the incident, Washington gently squeezed the man on the shoulder while standing at arm's length. Per TMZ, Washington walked the man who did not appear to recognize the actor to safety and comforted him. Washington stayed on the scene when police arrived. The police briefly detained the man for unknown reasons before releasing him. Washington's act of kindness is just the latest in a proud tradition of fate turning celebrities into the occasional Good Samaritan. Some other examples include Ryan Gosling rescuing a British blogger from being hit by a car in 2012, John Malkovich helping a man who was hit by a piece of fallen scaffolding by stopping the bleeding until paramedics arrived, and Brad Pitt saving a little girl being, from being trampled by a large crowd. So again, always applaud the great actions of our heroes, our actors, our sportsmen, anybody. You can always do good in this world, and you should. Don't let anything prevent you from doing the right thing. Thank you, Denzel, for once again proving why we love you. Turning from a great news story to a shocking news story, Ruby Rose released a statement this week about leaving Batwoman. The statement reads, I have made the very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show in both Vancouver and in Los Angeles. Now, there has been speculation to many reasons why. Some speculate that the long hours, some speculate the the two hernias she received, the herniated discs in her neck from doing her stunts. Nothing has been official, but it's going to be, one, it's going to be sad for me because I thought she was great in the role, but two, it's going to be interesting to see where they develop this story now, because, of course... With it being a comic book world, there's a lot of things they can do to change up the reason that she's leaving, but it's going to be a waiting game. So hopefully they can find an actress that's worth the role and can fill the shoes, but regardless, it's going to be sad not having Ruby Rose there anymore. In more DC Comics news, of course, I'm sure you've all heard by now, the Justice League, the Snyder Cut is finally coming out and it will be released to HBO Max in 2021. I have not seen a set date yet for it, but 
it is a sure thing that will be coming. Of course, HBO Max premieres this Wednesday, May 27th, as I said earlier. The library of shows and movies that Warner Brothers has to offer is huge. So I'm waiting to see what all is going to be on it. I'm hoping to be able to do a good review of the service this on my next podcast. But the announcement that the Snyder Cut that has been clamored for and begged for and requested more than just about anything I've seen in recent memory is finally, finally coming out next year on HBO Max. ABC announced some cancellations this week. Unfortunately, Emergence was one of them. Of course, you know I reviewed the pilot way back when, when it aired, and I loved the show. I am glad that it had a pretty decent ending. I would like to see where the characters go from there. It's unfortunate that it will not be back, though. As well as Emergence, you had Bless This Mess, Single Parents, Schooled, and Kids Say the Darndest Things with Tiffany Haddish have been canceled as well. So, still, of course, with the coronavirus, we're waiting for what the lineups will be. That has not yet been released. Hopefully, they'll be able to put some kind of plan together soon, and we'll know what nights the shows will be on. Of course, it's looking like January before the new seasons start regardless. And the final article this week from Deadline.com. Tom Hanks' World War II film Greyhound alters course in Apple deal. Film will premiere on Apple TV+. In a real shocker, the World War II naval drama Greyhound that Tom Hanks wrote and stars in has abruptly changed course and will birth at Apple. Originally on the Sony Pictures theatrical calendar for Father's Day weekend, the film instead will become the biggest feature film commitment made by Apple to premiere on Apple TV+. It is the latest and a growing indication that Apple is making its move and becoming as aggressive as any streamer or studio in auctions for the acquisition of films and TV projects. Hanks will test the waters in putting out one of his star vehicle films direct to a streamer for the first time with a premiere in more than 100 countries, and it is all because of the coronavirus pandemic and how it has wrecked studio theatrical release calendars this year. Hanks already had been indelibly linked to the pandemic when, on the set of the Baz Luhrmann-directed Elvis Presley movie for Warner Brothers in Australia, he became the first major movie star to test positive. He and wife Rita Wilson were quarantined and luckily overcame the affliction. When Deadline broke that Hanks had tested positive, it nearly crashed the website. How his World War II movie will fare hopefully will be a far more pleasant experience as the industry reboots itself. Apple has not set a date to release yet, but the expectation is it will be soon. And as you know from the last few weeks, I very much enjoy World War II stories. So Apple TV is finally getting something that I would like to see. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. Hopefully it'll be a very good movie. And finally this week, some very sad news. Ken Osmond, who played Eddie Haskell on Leave It to Beaver, the new Leave It to Beaver, and still the Beaver, has passed away at the age of 76. 
and Fred Willard, who played Martin Mull's boyfriend on Roseanne, as well as starred in films like Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, and so many more, has passed away at the age of 86. I had tremendous respect for both actors. Leave it to Beaver is an all-time favorite of mine. It's just a great classic show that truly holds up still today. Fred Willard, of course, there's not much you can say bad about him from what I've seen. He had so many good roles on so many different things. Just kept turning up. So... It's definitely a tragic loss this week. My best to their families, their friends, and their fans, who we will all miss them. Rest well, fellas. Well, that does it for the news this week. Stay tuned. I will be back with my reviews of The Pacific, Stargirl, and killer clowns from outer space. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome back. Now it's time for the reviews segment. First up, let's talk about that pilot premiere episode of Stargirl. Of course, the other guys... Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter has it at 93%, the audience score at 90%. IMDb.com has it at 7.8 out of 10 after 1,269 votes. Of course, as I said, it premiered on DC Universe on Monday, then Tuesday, May 19th, it broadcast on the CW and Wednesday, May 20th, it went to the CW Seed, free with ads. If you have DC Universe, you get a slightly longer version that's not edited down for time. You also get no ads in the show. And this was a fantastic episode. It starts out with a battle of the Justice Society of America against the Injustice Society. And I could have watched that single battle the whole episode and been happy. The effects were fantastic. The action was great. It really kicked off the series at a high note. And then it skips ahead 10 years to where Whitney has grown up and she's moving. And again, the show keeps going. Does not slow down. There is no moment that I felt was too slow during this episode. I felt like they had the pace perfect. The story they have set up is very interesting. And I very much look forward to a lot more from this series. As well as some of the actors in the Justice Society coming back. Hopefully. Of course, the cast. You have... Rick Basinger as Courtney Whitmore Stargirl, Yvette Monreal as Yolanda Montez, Angelica Washington as Beth Chappell, Cameron Gelman as Rick Tyler, Trey Romano as Mike Dugan, Jake Austin Walker, Harry Henry King Jr., 
Meg DeLacy as Cindy Berman, Neil Jackson as Jordan McKent, Christopher James Baker as Brainwave, Joel McHale as Starman, Amy Smart as Barbara Whitmore, Luke Wilson as Pat Dugan, Nelson Lee as Dragon Kane, Hunter Sansone as Cameron McKent, uh, Eric Goins as Stephen Sharp, Neil Hopkins as Sportsmaster. I mean, this list goes on and on. One of the most significant names, which I really hope we get to see more of, is Lou Ferrigno Jr. I am not familiar with his work. I definitely would like to see what he can do on the screen. Of course, it goes without saying, his father was very famous as the Incredible Hulk. Lou Ferrigno Jr. in this plays Our Man. He is listed for three episodes on IMDb.com, so hopefully we will get to flesh out some of his character and get a lot more story with Lou Ferrigno Jr. Definitely looking forward for more of this show. I just I can't stop gushing about it. DC just honestly owns the television world. You've got the Arrowverse. You've got the DC Universe shows. You've got Watchmen that was on HBO. You've got all the shows coming to HBO Max. There is just so much stellar television that is being put out by DC Universe that you really, if you're a comics fan, you owe it to yourself to watch these shows. If you're not a comics fan, but you think you might enjoy some of these, definitely watch it. The Stargirl follows a high school teenager. There's so much you can do with that story, obviously, as the high school stories have been around as long as cinema has. And I just I can't stop gushing about it. So I will just stop talking. My review of this episode, solid four and a half out of five stars. It is entertaining. The effects are phenomenal. The production looks great. The acting is extremely well done. Luke Wilson, who I've enjoyed for years in his work, dating way back to the X-Files episode that he was on as a sheriff, where Mulder and Scully gave two different versions of the same story, Mulder's version had Luke Wilson playing a Rube Hick. Scully's version had him debonair and handsome. So, if you get a chance, definitely watch that episode of The X-Files. It was hilarious and great. But, check out Stargirl. If you don't have DC Universe, like I said, it is currently free with ads on the CW app. Check it out. You will enjoy it. Next up is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This movie is currently available to watch on Netflix. The other guy's ratings, IMDb gives it 6.2 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 78%, and Metacritic gives it a 43. This is basically a horror comedy and it is so stupid, it is hilarious. There is nothing brilliant about this film other than the comedy they put in it. Uh, the cast, 
Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, John Vernon, Michael S. Siegel, Peter Lacasse, Royal Dano, Christopher Titus. Um, not the biggest names. Uh, John Allen Nelson, you may be familiar with him. Going over his list, he's been on the TV series Vanished. He was on 24. He's listed as being Matt Cutter on Sheena, the TV series. He was on 14 episodes of Baywatch. So he has definitely been in stuff you've most likely seen. An episode of Without a Trace, an episode of NCIS, an episode of CSI. He was on the series Crisis, Red Band Society, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, three episodes listed for it. So, you've most likely seen him in something. Personally, when I was watching this, I honestly thought he looked a lot like Cody Fern from American Horror Story. If you watch this film, see what you think. John Allen Nelson played Dave the Cop. Cody Fern was, of course, the Antichrist, or whatever exactly, in American Horror Story Apocalypse. And the one that he really resembled him in was American Horror Story 1984. So, check them out and see what you think if they look alike. For me, I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was a great break from stress and reality. Like I said, it was so stupid, it was hilarious. And it's just a fun film. Based on the enjoyment alone, I'm giving it three and a half out of five stars because I cannot justify a higher score because the script is not great, the acting is not great, but it might have been intentional that the acting was terrible because of this movie. And it works so well for it. So, great film that is definitely worth watching. If you need a break from all the stress and strife and horrors of the world, watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It is just pure mindless entertainment and it is extremely fun. Now I'm going to do a little surprise review. <clears throat> The nine-minute short film, Out, that came to Disney+. Plus. This is an animated feature, nine-minute feature. And the voices include Kyle McDaniel, Caleb Cabrera, and Bernadette Sullivan. It is the first film from Pixar to feature a gay lead. It is the story of uh, Greg and his boyfriend, Manuel moving to a big city, and Greg not having come out to his parents. He switches bodies with his dog after Manuel leaves and his parents show up, and sees life from a new perspective. It is well done. It is very enjoyable. It is a nice change from the norm again I'd say give give the nine minutes to it watch it see what you think because it is a good little animated short 
and many people need to see it. It's all about coming out to your family and how hard it can be on both sides. So, please, check it out. Tell me what you think. Personally, I give this one a three and a half out of five stars. I think if it had been longer than nine minutes and could have fleshed out the characters a little bit better, it might have been a better story. But for what it is, it's extremely well done, definitely entertaining, and definitely worth the watch. So go give it a shot. Disney Plus short film out from Pixar Studios. And finally this week, how could I let Memorial Day go by without another World War II series review? This time, The Pacific from HBO. The other guys give it 7.4 out of 10 on TV.com, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. The cast, such a stellar cast. Uh, Rami Malek from, of course, The War at Home, The Bohemian Rhapsody where he played Freddie Mercury, Mr. Robot, uh, so many, so many titles under his name now. James Bridge Dale, Joseph Mazzello, uh, John Cena, who, when I watched it, reminded me a lot of uh, Nick Zano from Legends of Tomorrow. Claire Vanderboom. Uh, just skipping through here on some. William Sadler. John Bernthal, of course, who became the Punisher on Netflix. Uh, Brendan Fletcher, Noel Fisher, no Nate Cordry, Betty Buckley, just too many names to go through. And some of these, you may not recognize the names right off, but you'll recognize the actors, I promise you. For instance, you probably don't know the name Noel Fisher. But if you watch The Connors, he was Ed Connor Jr. He was voice of Brainiac 5 in Justice League vs. The Fatal 5. He was Dennis Zalewski in Castle Rock. He was Clarion the Witch Boy in Justice League Action. Just tons of credits to his name. As for Brendan Fletcher, if you're a comic book fan, you will definitely recognize his name. He played Rudy Jones' Parasite on the in episode Injustice of Smallville. More recently, he was on Arrow as Stanley Dover. He's also been in an episode of Project Blue Book. He was on iZombie. Spence was one character and Zombie Truther was another character on three different episodes. So, again, comic book fans will definitely know him. He was in Leprechaun Origins, Bates Motel. He was in an episode. Instantly, you'll recognize his face. Now, before I really get into this review, The Pacific is not as good as its predecessor, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers was one amazing series. Definitely check it out before you watch The Pacific if you haven't. It's been too long since I've watched The Band of Brothers, so I didn't want to do a review on it, and I didn't have time to watch all ten episodes before this recording.
Band of Brothers really dealt with the hardships of war. One thing that I will never forget is the liberation of the concentration camp in the Band of Brothers. It was incredibly hard to watch. It will bring tears to your eyes when you watch it. If you don't just flat out cry. They did such a realistic portrayal. This time in the Pacific. They focused more on the soldiers aspect. The toll it takes on their minds. Their bodies. Their physical well-being. It deals with things that you would not have thought of. And just another stellar performance from the cast, the writers, the producers, the directors, everybody involved with this did a phenomenal job. It looks extremely good. The, the production value is extremely high again on this one. And definitely gives you a new perspective on the war that you may not think of some of the issues that the soldiers faced both mentally and physically that you just don't even consider when you think about war and it really delved into those issues this time around so it was it was a good tribute to the people who fight personally i enjoyed it thoroughly i'm going to have to give this one four and a half out of five stars Band of Brothers would be a 5 out of 5 stars, but this one's definitely a 4.5. So if you need Memorial Day viewing, watch Band of Brothers, then watch The Pacific, and then go over to PBS app and watch all 7 episodes of The World on Fire. They are phenomenal World War II shows that definitely deserve to be watched. As you know, I have reviewed World on Fire, and I've talked about it non-stop since. I really can't stress enough how everybody needs to watch that show, because it is so incredibly well done. But that is it for my reviews this week. I hope I gave you some ideas on what to watch and where to find them, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I did, if not more. As always, you can hit me up. Chris underscore H71 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at Chris underscore H71. But until next week, that's it for my show. Goodbye, everybody.